Shalom, this is Abigail Rock. Welcome to TanakhStudy.com. Today is our last class in Sefer Bereshit, our last class on Parashat Vayechi, and the last class that sums up the story of Yosef and his brothers. We ended off last class with Yaakov being buried in Canaan, according to his request. Now the brothers are going to be returning to Egypt. Let's begin chapter 50, verse 14. Vayashav Yosef Mitzrayma, hu ve'echav v'chol ha'olimito likbor et aviv, acharei kovro et aviv. Yosef returns to Egypt, him, his brothers, and all those who have gone up to Canaan to bury the Yaakov. It is important to note that Yosef returns immediately following the burial because his leave of absence was limited just for the purpose of burying his father. Verse 15, Vayeru achei Yosef ki met avihem vayomru, the brothers of Yosef, and here they're not called the brothers, they're called the brothers of Yosef, had seen that their father had, had died, and they said, Lest Yosef hate us, and he, and he will pay us back for all the evil which we had caused him. After Yaakov's death, the brothers fear that payday is on its way. The brothers had assumed as long as Yaakov is alive, Yosef would not dare to harm them. But now that Yaakov is dead, they realize, or what they think they realize, the consequences of their actions is about to take place. And that's a Yosef, Yosef They understand the implications of Yaakov's death. And they say to themselves, Luis temenu Yosef. Now the word lu is a word that can be explained in one of two ways. It can mean, as most Pashtanim say it means, perhaps, he might, maybe he will hate us and he'll pay us back. They are concerned that this might happen. But the word lu, in many places in Tanakh, is used in a positive sense. When someone wants something to happen, it come, the word halivai, if only, wish that. When you want something to happen, you use the word lu. When you are concerned and you don't want it to happen, you will use the word pen, which means lest, something that you don't want to happen. Here they use the word lu. And perhaps it's one word here that expresses two different ideas. They are concerned and they are afraid that Yosef might pay back, but they also hope that Yosef pays back. As long as one had not paid for his actions, he will feel guilty. The only way to release man from his sense of guilt is by him paying for it. And here the brothers say, Halavai, that he should hate us. He is killing us with his kindness. Lu yistemenu Yosef. He should just pay us back. So I think it's one word here that implies two ideas. It does, they are concerned, they are worried, but they also at the same time would would like Yosef just to get angry with them and upset so they could feel less guilty. Now they don't know how Yosef feels about them and they don't know if Yosef is going to pay back but they are concerned as a result of the father's death and therefore they want to feel Yosef out and they send messengers and that's verse 16. <laughs> Yosef 
They sent messengers to Yosef saying, Your father had commanded before his death, and he said, This is what you should tell Yosef. Please forgive the sin of your brothers and their offense, for they have caused you evil. And now forgive their offense to the servants of the God of your fathers, of your father. And Yosef cried when they had spoken. So the message that they send to Yosef is that it's Yaakov, before he died on his deathbed, had said that we should tell you that he is asking as his last request that you forgive your brothers for what they have done to you. But the argument of forgiving your brothers is not a very solid argument because those brothers did not treat Yosef like a brother. And therefore the brothers continue and said that Yaakov added another justification for forgiveness and that is Forgive the sin of the servants of the God of your father. We are all of the same belief, of the same religion. So if not to forgive us for brotherhood, forgive us for we are of the same faith. And Yosef cries when they spoke to him. And the question is, why is Yosef crying? Is he crying because he is moved to tears that his brothers are asking for forgiveness? This is the final step. The brothers never asked for forgiveness up until now. The brothers might have felt guilty. But the brothers never ask for forgiveness. I think the reason he is crying is that he knows that they are lying. And that Yaakov had never asked the brothers to request of Yosef to forgive them. How does Yosef know that the brothers are lying? Because there's only one way that Yaakov would know what had happened to him. And that is if he, Yosef, would have told him. Yosef knows that the brothers would never have told Yaakov what had happened. And Yosef knows that had Yaakov known what had happened, Yaakov would discuss it with him. And this goes back to that question that we've been asking almost every single class for the past three, four lessons. Does Yaakov know? Yaakov might know some degree or another, but he doesn't know all the details, and he doesn't know those details from Yosef. Yosef made a point of not telling Yaakov what happened to him. And a very good argument that the brothers are lying. If Yaakov would indeed want Yosef to forgive his brothers, it would have made so much more sense to Yaakov speak directly to Yosef than to speak through the brothers. Yosef would never deny his father. If the father would have asked him to forgive his brothers, Yosef would have accepted that. But it is clear that the brothers are fabricating this story and that Yaakov had never asked the brothers to ask of Yosef to forgive because Yaakov never knew exactly what happened. And the reason Yosef is crying because there is nothing that is more painful to a human being than being accused of a behavior that you are most that you are most careful in. Yosef made great efforts to be a changed person. When Yosef is first introduced to us in chapter 37, in our very first class, we are told that Yosef is the one who tattletales. Yosef is a Baal Tshuva Gamur. Yosef, in this story, is a changed Yosef. Gives up a relationship with he who is willing to give up a, relationship, a close relationship with his father in order so he is never put in a position that he has to reveal to his father what had happened. This is a changed Yosef. And there is nothing that is more painful to Yosef than the fact that the brothers look at him as the same Yosef that he was in Canaan. It is no surprise, therefore, that he cries when they speak. When the brothers see that Yosef cries, they know that 
he does not he does not feel vengeful towards them and now they approach Yosef. His brothers approach and they fall in front of him and they say, We are to be your slaves. The brothers who had sold Yosef into slavery are now accepting upon themselves to be slaves. This would be the proper midah keneged midah. Yosef tells the brothers, Don't fear. I'm not playing God. I am not instead of God. It is up to God whether or not to punish you. I can only treat you based on the results. The results of your actions were positive results. God can punish you based on your intent. It is not man's ability to punish, to take revenge based on one's intent. Ve'atem chashavtem alay ra'a, Elohim chashava you had an evil plan, but God worked it out for the best, so that I could sustain you. Now the reaction here of Yosef, at first glance, seems to just repeat what Yosef has been telling them all along. When Yosef had first introduced himself to the brothers, Yosef tells the brothers, don't be upset, don't be aggravated, because... Look, it all worked out for the best. I've been sent here in order to sustain you. Yosef's not making the same argument here. Yosef is a more adult person here. But it's time to think. And true, the brother's actions worked out. And it had a happy ending. But it doesn't mean that they are not punishable for what they did. And it doesn't mean that God won't punish them. And that's what Yosef is saying in verse 19. Don't fear. I am not God, and it is not my place to punish you. You had an evil plan. First time Yosef responds to the brothers in Parashat V'Gash, when he introduces himself, he doesn't. It seems like everything was a look. How everything worked out. Yosef views things here in a more realistic way, maybe in a more mature way, in a more adult way, and he doesn't just view everything as being great and amazing. He recognizes that his brothers had an evil plan, and it's not all good. But at the same time, he also recognizes that it's not his responsibility to make sure his brothers pay for what they have done. Verse 21, Ve'ata al tirau. And now, don't fear, I will sustain you, I will support you and your children. And he comforted them, and he spoke to their hearts, which is a beautiful pasu, because he was the one that was offended, and yet he is the one that is comforting the brothers. Yosef settled in the land of Egypt, him, his family, his father's household, and Yosef lived 110 years. That means he ruled in Egypt for 80 years, and several of the commentators noticed that we don't know of any other ruler in Tanakh that ruled for so many years, and that is fulfillment of Yosef's dream when he sees his sheave of grain, my sheaf stood up and remained standing sturdy. These are the 80 years that Yosef ruled. Verse 23, Yosef 
had not only seen children, not only had he seen grandchildren, he had seen great-grandchildren. So he had seen the great-grandchildren of Ephraim, Gabne Machir ben Menashe Yuledu al Birke Yosef, as well as the grandchildren of Menashe, Bnei Machir ben Menashe, were born upon the knees of Yosef. According to Rashi, were born upon the knees of Yosef. It means he raised them. To grow up on his knees, it means they spent a lot of time with the with the grandfather Yosef. The phrase that Rashi uses, Gidlan al Birkav. He raised them on his knees. And in Hebrew, that became an idiom for someone who raises someone else. From a very early age, you would say, Gadal al-Birkav. He was raised on his knees, an idiom based on Rashi's perush. And this is not only a fulfillment of Yaakov's bracha, that his family will multiply, but we also see here that Yosef is very involved with his children, with his grandchildren, with his great-grandchildren. And perhaps it is Yosef's way of guaranteeing that these grandchildren that are descendants of a non-Jewish Egyptian woman will be will have a Jewish identity. And that's why we're told they are raised upon the lap of Yosef. Yosef makes sure to be involved in their lives. Uh, based on this pasuk is the minhag that at the Brit Milah, the grandfather is honored as the sandak. The sandak is the person who holds the baby on his knees during the Brit Milah. Yosef Yosef tells his brothers, I am dying. It seems from this pasuk that Yosef died before his brothers, or at least before some of his brothers. Yosef dies at 110. We know his father died at 147. Yosef is dying at a relatively younger age, and he tells his brothers, I am dying, and God will redeem you. And he will take you out of this land, to the land which he had promised to Abraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov. Yosef makes his brothers, the sons of Yaakov, swear to him. And he said to them, God will redeem you. And when he redeems you, take out my bones from here. Yosef has been disillusioned by Mitzrayim. Yosef refers to Mitzrayim as Zeh, this place, as opposed to the promised land. Yosef, like his father, requests that he be buried in Canaan. Yosef knows that his brothers will not be able to remove his body. Yosef could have removed Yaakov's body because Yosef had a high position in the palace. His brothers do not have that right. And Yosef therefore asks him to promise that they will pass on from generation to generation Yosef's request that his bones be taken out of Mitzrayim. And indeed in Parashat B'Shalach, Vayihi B'Shalach Paro, as Am Yisrael are preparing to leave Mitzrayim, in chapter 13, verse 19, in Sefer Shemot, Vayikach Moshe et Atzmot Yosef Imo, Ki Ashbea Hishbiyat Bnei Yisrael Lemo, Pakod Yifkod Elohim Etchem, Vehaalitem et Atzmotayim Mizeh Itchem. Moshe makes sure to take their Yosef's Atzmot, and for 40 years, Am Yisrael are going to be traveling with the Atzamot of Yosef in the desert. And the story of Yosef is not over until Sef, the end of Sefer Yehoshua. In the very last chapter of Sefer Yehoshua, chapter 24, we're told, Ve'et Atzmot Yosef, asher he'elu v'nei Yisrael mi Mitzrayim, kavru bishchem 
בחלקת השדה אשר קנה יעקב מאת בני חמור אבי שכם, and the bones of Yosef, which עם ישראל had taken with them from מצרים, they buried in שכם in the lot which יעקב had purchased. Why is Yosef asking his brothers to guarantee that his bones get to, back to Canaan? And not, he's not asking his descendants. Why does he ask his members of his own tribe, asking the children of his, the descendants of Ephraim and Menashe? Why is he asking his brothers to make sure that his bones come to Eretz Yisrael? Unlike Yaakov, who requested of all of his sons to make sure to bury him in Ma'arat HaMachpelah. And Midrash Rabbah brings a wonderful Midrash. החזירו את עצמותיי לשכם. וכך נאמר, ואת עצמות יוסף אשר העלו בני ישראל ממצרים, קבעו בשכם. Translation למשל is, a, man, a person who put wine in a cellar, thieves came and they took the barrels and went and they drank the wine. The owner of the cellar came and he saw that the wine was stolen. He said, you drank the wine, at least return the barrel. Likewise, They had stolen Yosef from Shechem, and they had sold him. And when he came to die, he said, You stole me from Shechem alive. The least you can do is return, me back, is return my bones back to Shechem. And when the brothers do that chesed shall emet, when Am Yisrael for 40 years are carrying the bones of Yosef, they are making up for the chet of the brothers of selling him. They are fulfilling the mitzvah of Veheshiv et Hagzelah. When you steal something, it is not enough to show remorse. You also actually have to return that which you have stolen. And therefore, they are returning the gzela. I also would like to share with you a fascinating Abarbanel. Abarbanel's Perush to the Haggadah, Perush Zevach Pesach, discusses the reasons for the exile in Egypt. And he says the reason for the exile in Egypt was a punishment for selling Yosef. Since the brothers sold Yosef as a slave, therefore Am Yisrael have become slaves in Egypt. Since the brothers had thrown Yosef into the pit, therefore there is a decree of Paro kol haben hayelod hayeora tashlichuhu. The firstborn shall be thrown into the Nile. And if the exile to Egypt is the punishment for Mechirat Yosef, then of clear why at the end of the punishment it is important that the brothers not only have paid for their sins but they also bring back Yosef to where they have taken from. Yosef died at age 110, he was, his body was embalmed and he was put in an Aron in Mitzrayim. The last word of Sefer Bereshit is Mitzrayim. This is where the Galut begins with the death of Yosef. And this is exactly where Sefer Shmot is going to pick up from. Vayamot Yosef v'chol ador hahu. Yosef died in that entire generation. And the last two words of the parasha describe Yosef being placed in the Aron.
and I would like to share a beautiful Midrash, even though dur during these classes we try to focus on the Pshat. Nonetheless, they are some very valuable and beautiful Midrashim, and I will allow myself to bring in my, the last class a couple of these Midrashim. The Gemara Masechet Sotah, Dafyud Gimel Amud Aleph, brings the following description. Moshe Rabbeinu had taken the Aron, the coffin of, Moshe, of Yosef, Moshe Rabbeinu took the Aaron of Yosef and throughout all the years of Am Yisrael in the desert, Am Yisrael are walking with two Aaronot side by side, one of the dead and one of Shechina, that is the Aaron Habrit, the one that has Luchot Habrit inside. Vayu ovrin v'shavim omrim, mativan shashne Aaronot halalu, people who passed by and saw the two Aronot said, what, what are each of these Aronot for? Amru, echad shel met vechad shel shechina. They answered, one is for the dead and the other one is shechina. Vechimad arko shel met lehalechim shechina. And since when do we have a dead person walking side by side with shechina? Shechina is the antithesis of death. And the answer given, Kiem ze kol mashakatuv baze. He who, these two Aronot, the Aron of Yosef, the dead, walking side by side with the Aron of Shechina, with Aron Habrit, it is because he who is buried in one had kept all of that which is written in the other. Yosef, who had fulfilled the Torah, Yosef, who had held on to his identity, had is worthy of traveling side by side with Aron Brit Hashem. And I want to end with one last point. When Yosef's brothers come to apologize to Yosef, they say, Ana sana pesha This became the nusach for the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, which is very similar. The Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippurim, when he would say his vidui, Ana Hashem, Chatati, Aviti, Vifashati. The story of Yosef plays a very significant role in the Avodah of the Kohen. The Kohen's clothing, the Kohen is wearing a ketonet, the Kohen has the Seir Laazazel, which is sent to the desert, which reminds us of this. Uven says, Hashlicho Toel Habor Hazeh Asher Bamidbar. So we have a in the Avodata Kohen, we have the Seir who is thrown down a cliff in the desert, and Yosef who is thrown into the pit in the in the Midbar, in the desolate area. We have the Ketonet of Yosef, which is dipped in blood of a goat of a Seir, and on Yom Kippur, in Seder HaAvodah, we have a goat which is slaughtered, and blood is sprinkled on the Parochet and in Kodesh HaKodeshim. And there are several other parallels which we can't discuss now. We will just mention what is the meaning of these parallels. I think there's two meanings. Number one, one of the main sins we come to atone for is that of sinat achim, hatred between brothers. And that's why we have themes in the Avodah from the story of Yosef. After we read the Avodah in many communities, they add a piyut, describing the Asarah Rugei Malchut, the Ten Martyrs, and according to the Midrash, the story of the Ten Martyrs is a result of Chet Mechirat Yosef, the sin of selling Yosef. What the Midrash means to say is that every generation is paying for that Chet, paying for the Chet, 
since they since every generation has part of that sin every generation has seen at chinam that is on one level however i think a more significant level of understanding why is the story of yosef found within the avodav yom kippur i think the most fascinating characteristic of yosef is his ability to forgive yosef was humiliated yosef was sold yosef was rejected from his family and nonetheless yosef manages to forgive his brothers that is an outstanding trait of yosef and we and on yom kippur we bring things from the story of yosef to remind us all to adapt the characteristic of yosef of being more forgiving and to remind HaKadosh Baruch Hu of the characteristics of Yosef. And the, both Esav and Yosef have been wronged by a brother. With both of them we find the word hatred. We're told that Esav hates Yaakov and we're told that the brothers fear that Yosef will hate them. With Esav we're told Yaakov al aviv Esav hates his brother for the bracha that Yaakov had taken from Yitzchak. And that word listom, to hate, appears also with the brothers and Yosef. The brothers say about Yosef, Lu yistemenu. They fear that he might hate them. Both Esav and Yosef have reason to hate. Esav hates, Yosef doesn't. The difference between Esav and Yosef is that Yosef, though he was wronged, he manages to forgive. And Esav is described in Sefer Amos, Perek Aleph, Pasuk Yud Aleph, chapter 1, verse 11, Vayitrof la'ad apo ve'evrato shamra netzach. God says regarding the sins of Edom, ve'evrato shamra netzach. He does not forgive. He holds on to his anger. And Yosef becomes the paradigm of forgiveness. And had it not been for Yosef's forgiving character, the story would have ended in a very different way. And so to conclude the story of Yosef and his brothers, the story of Yosef and his brothers is not only a story of Yosef who is willing to forgive, it is also a story of people who are willing and can and are capable of making big changes in their personalities, making sex great sacrifices when needed, and atoning for that which needs to be atoned for. What makes the Shvatim into the great people they were, is, and what makes Yosef into Yosef HaTzadik, is not the people that they started out to be, but rather the people they end up becoming. And with this we end our series, and we end Sefer Bereshit, Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazak. I welcome any questions, comments, and corrections. My email is yrock3, that is yrock3 at gmail.com. Shalom.